Let me just say that uh, the last several weeks we've been looking at a, a passage of Scripture over in the book of Second Peter. This was Peter's last letter that he wrote, Simon Peter. And uh, he wrote this letter to encourage Christians of all generations. Of course, he wrote it to the ones that were in his day to encourage them, but God so ordered it that it become part of Holy Scripture, and thus uh, it's uh, encouragement for us today. And, and in this letter, he talks about how we become a, a Christian. In the very first chapter, the very <clears throat> first few verses, he talks about it is by believing in the precious promises that God has made to us and through the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if, if somebody came to me and they said uh, to me, you know, I'm really a pretty good person. I, I go to church and I... I, I I give money to help poor people and and I, I try to live a good life, but uh, but I don't feel like I really <clears throat> know God. I feel like I really need to be converted. I need to be a Christian. How do I become a Christian? What do I need to do in order to be good enough to go to heaven? And I would say to them, "There's nothing you can do." You cannot do anything to make yourself right with God. And, uh, and they might say, well, shucks. You know, I, that's very disappointing. You know, I, I want to be right with God. Can't I do something? And then while I'm talking to them, up comes a guy who's just a real rotten scoundrel. And everybody in town knows him as just the, the, the rottenest, meanest, good-for-nothingest guy or goodest-for-nothing or I don't know how you'd say it, but, but he's just a, a really, really bad, sinful guy that everybody knows. And he came up and he said, you know, uh, I've, I've suddenly realized that, that I don't live this way any longer. What, what do I need to do in order to be a Christian? It would be so funny to know that the answer would be the same for this really good, nice, moral guy as it is for this rotten scoundrel. I would say, well, here's the answer that God gives. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And this rotten scoundrel might say, well, you mean all I have to do is really believe that God loves me, that Jesus died for me, that God raised him from the dead, that he's alive today? I just believe and receive him? That's all I have to do? I don't have to uh, give a lot of money? I don't have to do this? I don't have to do that? And the guy over here, this really sweet, nice, moral guy, he says, well, you mean... I don't have to do any more than this guy has to do? I said, that's true. You believe we're saved by the grace of God. That is God's unmerited favor. That is God's love for people who don't deserve it. We're saved by grace through faith. That is receiving and believing, welcoming what God has done, what he said about uh, what he did for us through Jesus, which is what we've sung about. And that's the way you become a Christian. And that's the way anybody becomes a Christian. 
no matter how bad they've been, no matter how good they've tried to be, none of that matters. No matter whether they're religious or irreligious, whether they're atheists or whatever, the way they come to know Jesus, the way they are made right with God is by faith in what God has already done through Jesus Christ. So you might say, well, but then that's it. I'm, I'm saved and that's it. Oh, yeah, that's the beginning of it. That, that is the way you become a Christian. But now the way you live out the Christian life has just begun. It just started when you got saved, and to that, then there are things that you yourself pursue and develop and, and add. We're about to have a great grandbaby. Isn't that exciting? I know I don't look old enough, but, uh, but, <clears throat> but I am, and we're going to have a great grandbaby just in the next week or two. And uh, thanks to Paulino, uh, they've been getting uh, the house ready for, uh, uh, for, the, for the family to move into. It's almost done. He's telling me it's just, just almost finished. And so we're just saying, hold off a few more days, but don't have the baby till everything's done. But it's almost done. And, uh, and when that baby's born, they'll be going over to a birthing center. And is it Mansfield or, huh? Cleburne, Cleburne, okay. They'll be going over to a birthing center in Cleburne, and, and when the baby's born, Ron and Holly will not say, wow, that's all done. No, they'll say, wow, that's all started. Yeah, it's just the beginning. And the baby being born is the, start of a whole life of growth and development and change and challenge and things like that. And so you become a Christian in one instant of time. In fact, this little baby girl that's going to be born will have a birthday. And every year for the rest of her life, they will celebrate on that day, the day she was born. And just like you have a birthday, everybody here has a day that you were brought into this world, you were born into this world. But that was the start, not the end. And in the same way, when you become a Christian the Bible says, although it is by faith, it is by believing God's precious promises, now you are, you are to add to your faith, give all diligence, the Bible says, add to your faith virtue. Now, virtue is that passion for, for godly living, that desire, that drive, that, that longing to live a clean and an excellent life. And I've told you two or three times that when I became a Christian, the night that the Lord saved me, instantly there were some things that I knew I had to get out of my life. 
there were some things that I had been doing that I knew instantly that I had to stop doing. Now, it wasn't because somebody told me I had to stop doing. It was because I knew as a Christian, I can't talk that way anymore. As a Christian, I can't do those kind of things anymore. As a follower of Jesus, I want to start doing other things that I hadn't been doing. So that's virtue. And then he says, add to your virtue, knowledge. And that does mean, it does have the idea of learning some things about God, but it do, it's, it's not mainly uh, knowledge in the sense of just head knowledge. It is knowledge in the sense of coming to know a person, not about a person, but to come to know that person. Now, when Carol and I were dating back uh, 50 years ago, 51 years ago, uh, I got to know about her. I learned things about her. I learned about her family. Uh, she got a really weird family, but I married her anyway. I learned about her family. I learned about her past. I learned about her background. She learned about my weird family, too. And so, so we we learned a lot about each other. But then... We came to know one another, not just information, but we came to love one another. We came to actually give ourselves to one another and to say we enter into an agreement, a covenant agreement that I'm going to love you the rest of my life. And, and we have come over the years to know one another more and more and more and that's the kind of knowledge he's talking about here not just knowing things about Jesus for instance although I love to learn things about Jesus when I was in high school there was a popular song called to know 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 him is to love 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 him some of you remember that song don't you wasn't that a pretty song and uh, of course that was some girl singing about her boyfriend but when, as after I became a Christian and I would hear that song, I think, you know, that's really true about Jesus. The more we know him, the more we love him. We're not ever going to learn anything about him that we're going to say, oh, man, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have ever loved him. No. Now, that may happen in human relationships, but that will never happen. The more we know him, the more we love him. So we add to our faith. Uh, virtue, add to our virtue, knowledge, add to our knowledge, self-control, which is dealing with the selfish desires that we have, learning to bring those under control so that we're able to live for him, and then to self-control, perseverance, or steadfastness, or or uh, continuance, uh, uh, what was the word I used, uh, 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 what was it? The word I used last week for per, what? Stick fast, steadfast, or stick fast, either one. Steadfast, yeah. We can, uh, but to, to, to keep on, to, to persevere. That, I guess that was the word I used, wasn't it? What? Endurance, that was the word, endurance. Endurance, perseverance, stead, steadfastness to to uh, to to stand fast whenever the pressure is on. One uh, 
little girl had a horse, and the horse was just an old broken-down nag. And she had taken it to a horse show. And some guy was laughing at her and laughing at the horse and said, uh, uh, can your horse run fast? And she said, no, sir. He, he can't run fast, but he can stand fast. <laughs> and that's how I feel sometimes as a Christian. There are a lot of things I might not be able to do as well as other people, but I can stand fast. I can be steadfast, stand fast, and persevere. And that was the word that he used there. And now he says, and add to your perseverance or add to your uh, 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 endurance godliness, godliness. And that's the message for today. What, is it, what does it mean to be a godly person? What is godliness? If you say, I want to add, all right, I'm, I'm adding these things to my life. Just like when a baby is born, you know, they, they add different things as they grow and as they get older. They, they add certain things to their life and they learn to crawl, they learn to walk, they learn to talk. Uh, they usually don't learn to hush, but they do learn to talk. And, and, uh, and, and so, so you add these things. And that's what he's saying here. As a, as a Christian, these are the things you're wanting to add <coughs> to your life. And he's going to tell us later, if you add these things, you add them in this order, then no matter what kind of pressure comes in your life, you will not collapse. This is uh, the way to build a life that stands and remains. And so he says, now add godliness what in the world is godliness it's a word that's not used a lot of times in the new testament it's mostly used in the writings of of paul to timothy and and to and the writings of peter it's not used much in the gospels it's not used much in acts it's not used much in uh uh, uh the what we call the church epistles but it's used a lot when paul and peter are writing uh to, to individuals, and Paul especially uses it a lot in his letters to Timothy and Titus. So what is godliness? It is a, it's a word that, uh, the, the Greek word is eusebia, eusebia, and uh, it's difficult for us to translate it. Sometimes it's translated piety, but that's not a word we use very much. Uh, but even when we translate it godliness, that's kind of a, a, that's not a word maybe that we use a lot either, is it? But it has, uh, it has an idea of a life that's lived with a, a Godward focus. A life that is lived under the conscious uh, awareness that God is watching, that God is with me. That, that uh, God is both my motive for living and also my goal for living. It's the idea of, uh, of living a life of reverence. Uh, sometimes it's actually translated worship in the Bible. It's the idea of living my life with amazement and awe at the greatness and the goodness and the grace of God toward me. I know that most of us have probably seen some things in our life that just kind of almost made us want to get down on our knees. It's just 
They're just so overwhelmingly amazing. And, and uh, it was that way for me when first time I ever saw the Grand Teton Mountains. If you've never been out west, out to the Grand Tetons, out in, uh, uh, where is that, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, that area, uh, I was actually talking to a, a truck driver on a CB radio. You young people don't know what CB radios are, but it was a big thing back uh, about uh, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, whenever it was. And I'm talking to this uh, truck driver. His name was Flapjack, and I'm saying, uh, you know, uh, 10-4, good buddy, uh, this is Mississippi Parson here, uh, come on, Flapjack, and all that kind of silly stuff, and we were talking, and he was up ahead of me about three miles. And we had determined that in our conversation. And, and he said, uh, have you ever seen the Grand Tetons before? I said, no, never have. And he said, well, in about three miles, you're going to round a curve, come out of an area, and you're going to see them. So he said, you better get your breath. You better get you a good breath because they're going to take your breath away. And I, yeah, good, 10-4, good buddy, you know, this kind of stuff. And, and for those of you who are younger, that's the way they talked on those CB radios back then. It was just kind of the, had their own language, you know. It was kind of uh, uh, silly, but, uh, but it was fun. And... Uh, it's kind of like the emojis today the, and LOL and all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, every, every group has kind of their own language. Well, that was our language. And so, uh, so I'm talking to him, and, and sure enough, we came around this curve, and right there, just right in full view of me, was the most amazing, literally breathtaking sight I ever saw in my life, except for the first time I saw my wife, but uh, but I just it really took my breath. I, I and I felt like that I needed to just stop my car and get out and get down on my knees and say, "God, you're so amazing to make something like this." And for some of you, it might have been the Grand Canyon. I have yet to see the Grand Canyon. I, it's, I know it's still there, but I hadn't seen it. And, uh, but what's something you've seen or, or experienced that just totally blew you away, as they say? What? What? The Grand Canyon. Okay, now i got to go see it for sure because I want to see the Grand Canyon. I've heard that from so many people. Uh, anything else? Have you ever seen anything that just... Oh, yeah, Niagara Falls. That's that's another one. Uh, and uh, anything else, something that, that you've experienced sometimes that just totally overwhelms you? Maybe it was a, a concert or something like that. Uh, uh, anything? Amen. And by the way, I'm so glad to see you here today, Margaret. You just you're looking great, and I guess you're feeling pretty good. Good. Okay. The, yeah. Sunrise, sunset from the plane. We got to see the sun rising, and and I said to my grandson who was with, I said, "Look there," and he said, "Wow." Uh-huh. 
Yeah, the Milky Way. Yeah, the, a lot of things in the in the sky. The Bible says, "Look up into the sky, and you'll see the the power, the majesty of God." Yeah. So, uh, all right, a full moon on a snowy night. That may, all right, that's good. All right, when a baby's born, that's another thing that uh, that just made me when, yeah, when when our first little girl was born, I was just so overwhelmed. I was back, of course, back then they didn't allow the fathers hardly in the same county while the baby was being born, and so I had to wait out in this waiting room, and they kept forgetting I was there, and I was just terrified. I was scared to death that. Didn't it was our first experience to have a baby? My wife was, she was handling it all just fine, and I was going crazy out there. And uh, in fact, I found two rubber bands, and I tied those rubber bands together. And I'm I'm out there just trying to, you know, release some of my tension. And and a woman and the waiter started talking to me and telling me that her church was without a pastor. And I was just totally oblivious to what I was doing. So I'm talking to her, and I hooked one of those rubber bands behind my ear. And I'm there pulling, pulling that rubber in here. And, and she, I noticed her looking a little strange, but I didn't think too much about it. And then I took the other rubber band and hooked it behind this ear so that the knot that tied those together were right right there and to make matters even worse I started kind of and all that time I'm talking to this woman she's talking about how their church doesn't have a pastor and then after all she said but you know I don't I don't think we really need a pastor right now so I kind of lost and I looked over at my mother my mother was there and 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 she was looking at me and she was shaking her head and she was going like that and I thought what in the world's wrong with her and then I suddenly realized what I was doing by the way we saved those rubber bands I think we still have them you know of course they've deteriorated by now but uh there was uh, but but it was it was such a, a terrifying experience for me because I knew and know that every time a woman has a baby she's actually risking her life to bring life into this world. So it was a terrifying moment for me. And then when they finally remembered that I was out there going crazy, they came and got me and said, oh, everything's fine, you know. And then they showed me this little baby girl. And I just started crying. I was just totally overwhelmed. And she looked so precious, so sweet, that I could have just eaten her up. And as she got a little older, I kind of wished I had. But uh, uh, but she was just, and I was just, it was a, one of those Eusebia moments. It was one of those uh, moments of, of absolute losing myself in the joy, the glory, the beauty, the wonder of the moment. And that's part of what this word godliness means. Add to your faith, add to your virtue, add to your uh, perseverance. 
add to that perseverance Eusebia, uh, uh, wonder, amazement, worship, reverence, uh, 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 a reverential fear even of God, a trembling. The Bible talks about those who tremble at God's word. And I assure you, if Jesus were to walk into here right now, you know, so many people talk about the 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 big buddy up in the sky, the the big man in the sky. Uh, that, to me, that's that's disrespectful. And, and they talk about Jesus being our pal and things like that. And I know what people mean by that. He is our friend. But but look, it's on a different level. If Jesus were to come in here, I would not give him a high five. I would bow. I would be on my knees and even on my face, not out of fear, not not afraid that he's going to crush me or something like that, but just out of overwhelming reverential awe at his in his presence. And that's what this word means. It means add Eusebia, add add godliness. It has a Godward focus that leads us to worship and honor and praise him. And that reverence grows out of understanding who he is. First Timothy 3.16 tells us that we are to uh, add godliness because we know some things. It says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And then he said, here, here is why we have this sense of reverence. Because God, God showed up in a human body. God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. He said, the, uh, we, we are to <coughs> understand the mystery of godliness is the amazing life, ministry, person, and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that should cause us to tremble with amazement and, be, and worship with joy. And then, of course, we saw in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, where part of this godliness comes as a result of the power of God. In other words, and I'm going to close with this, but we do not manufacture godliness on a human level. It's not something that we just develop. Godliness is a response to something we experience. It is the power of God and the truth and majesty of God that causes us to respond with godliness, with worship, with praise, with amazement, with trembling in his presence. And that's the beginning of this idea of godliness. Now there are six other things I want to say about godliness in a later message, but uh 
it's also something we are to pursue. We, we chase after it. We develop. We desire it. We want it. Uh, if I were to ask you today, is, is godliness a goal in your life? Now, we have lots of goals, don't we? A lot of people are really chasing after money. A lot are chasing after fame. A lot are chasing after degrees and education. A lot are chasing. Nothing wrong with those things. But they ought not to be what we are pursuing most in life. The Bible says we are to pursue godliness. And we'll talk in the next message about what that means to pursue godliness. But here's, here's the point of the message today. God wants us, first of all, to believe in him believe in his promise believe in jesus dying that's the mystery of godliness that christ that god was manifested in the flesh that he died for sinners that he was raised from the dead that he was taken back up into heaven that he's coming again to to believe the truth about jesus and apply it to yourself he did that for me he died for me I believe it. I believe it. And that is the, that's the, the motivation for and the source of true godliness. Do you believe that today? Do you really believe that Jesus died for you? That he loved you? That you didn't deserve it, but that he loved you. And he died for you and rose again. If you do genuinely believe that, that is the beginning of godliness. That's the mystery of godliness, that he would do that for you. And then the development of godliness we'll look at in the next message. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you loved us when we were sinners, when we were failing. And that we couldn't do anything to make you love us. But I'm so grateful that we didn't have to do anything to make you love us. You loved us while we were still sinners. And then you sent Jesus to die in our place, take our sin upon himself so that he could then put his righteousness on us. And I just ask you to help us today father if there's anybody here boy girl man or woman who has not received your grace and welcomed the lord jesus as their lord and savior i pray they would do that today and then for those of us who've already been born again i pray that you will set our focus on developing godliness in our life reverential worship but also a life that is distinct and separate from the way the world lives a life that marks us apart as your sons and daughters and I pray it in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to today's podcast we invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website www.bearcreekbaptist.org
O-R-G. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.